أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما نافيا اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقه قولي السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته Welcome to the reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bedouz Zaman Said Nursi podcast series This is Mustafa Tuna You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you listen to your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn Org. A rough translation of the treaties we will be um, reflecting upon studying is also posted at this website. Just go to podcasts, then words, then the 13th word. Inshallah, today we will continue reading the 13th word, but we will be starting the second station of this treaties. The second station of the 13th word is <coughs> composed of texts that Ustad Nursi has authored uh, later on in his life, later than when he first wrote, wrote the 13th word. Uh, but because of their relevance, he has instructed his students to place these texts here. If we remember that the 13th word was about a comparison of uh, the wisdom, the instructions, teachings of the Quran and uh, what Ustad Nursi called philosophies, philosophies that have not been guided by revelation. The second station, the second section of the treatise is going to put that into practice for us. In the first part, we, we learn to see things through the perspective of the Quran and compare that with the perspective that uh, non-revelatory, non-philosophies uh, that are not guided by revelation perceptions of the world that are not guided by the revelation uh, present to us. And this was a very stark uh, juxtaposition at the time of Ustad Nursi, especially in the 1930s, 1940s, because the Ottoman Empire had collapsed. The empire that considered Islam as the as the founding principle of its existence had disappeared and it was replaced by a new regime in which Islam was an outcast. It was declared to be secular but secularism did not mean the separation of church and state in that contact, context rather it meant the subordination of religion to state to state interests and in many cases, although this was not a an aspiration that was realized uh, in the elite circles of the country, irreligiosity. So people, especially those who were <coughs> coming of age in this context, attending school, going through the um, homogenizing processes of uh, state instruction, were falling into doubt, were falling away from religion, were losing their connection with God and with the metaphysical world, with a realm beyond the physicality that we live in. And this this creates a massive, enormous, enormous cavity, enormous gap in one's psyche, in one's personality. Uh, it is perhaps the perfect recipe for feeling depressed, uh, not having a sense of fulfillment, losing that sense of that sense of fulfillment as a human being living on this earth. So people came to Stad Nursi and asked, well, what can we do? And he suggested them to to work on this perspective. Take a look at things first um from the perspective of the Quran and transform your lives 
accordingly. And then you will see that things start to gain meaning, become meaningful. And the fulfillment of life will start to come back. So this is one of those uh, occasions in which a group of young men come to Ustad Nursi and ask for his guidance. He gives them a lesson and then later the lesson is recorded and it makes into the second station of the 13th word. So, Bismillah, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. A conversation with some youth who are going through a seductive tribulation and have not yet lost their intellects. So this is important. If they had lost their intellects, there wouldn't be any sense in talking to them. And some people do lose their intellects. We are surrounded by many of them. Losing the intellect does not necessarily mean having a mental illness or losing one's intelligence or um, may God protect us having a, a, a problem like Alzheimer, right? Losing one's intellect may also mean losing one's connection with one's intellect. Not using one's intellect. Heedlessness, forgetfulness, misguidance. We are surrounded with that all around. And even the pious among us can fall into it from time to time because of the uh, distractions, destructive distractions of the world, the 21st century, you call it the internet age, information age that we live in. We are surrounded by distracting imagery, distracting information, distracting sounds and noises. And we are also cushioned by a um, deceptive comfort that gives us the impression that we are living good, progressive lives while we are depleting the sources of our human existence and comfort in the long run. So we are surrounded by this. And in a sense, we are faced... um, with those challenges, those that seductive tribulation more than the youth of the 1930s Turkish Republic where people were being uh, forced to, to study, socialize into uh, atheism or agnosticism and so on and so forth, especially in beyond the secondary school level. Even though that was the case, they were still coming from uh, families and neighborhoods where people respected religion, practiced religion, and worshipped God. We are surrounded by people, especially for those who are listening to this in the English language, and that might be an indication that they might be living in uh, majority non-Muslim countries. We are surrounded by... uh, non-Muslim practices and we have lost the chance of socializing into communities if not families communities and for some who are converse even families uh, that even though may have lost their consciousness of uh, the theology and theory of religion preserve it in their practice and in a context like that it is very easy to lose lose sight so inshallah because of this danger because of the challenges of the age and and contexts that we live in we have to be very careful about and keen on achieving that quranic perspective and seeing the world through that perspective turning this into a habit, making this a habit, making making it second nature for ourselves, so that when we look, we look with the perspective of the Quran, and we see reality as reality is. Okay, <clears throat> back, back to the text. A conversation with some youth who are going through a seductive tribulation and have not yet lost their intellects. Bir kısım gençler tarafından şimdiki aldatıcı ve cazibedar lehviyat ve hevesatın hücumları karşısında ahiretimizi ne suretle kurtaracağız diye Risale-i Nur'dan medet istediler. 
Some youth asked for help from the Risale Inur, inquiring, how are we going to save our hereafter from the attacks of the deceptive and seductive imagery and desires of the present time? Imagery is lahviyat, uh, literal pictures, lahviyat, pictures. Uh, and this might be referring to the print media of the time where uh, the the old modest and chaste conception of a human body was gradually being peeled away right but if that was compared to what we live we live in right it would be probably 10 times more modest than chaste people at that time would probably not be able to imagine what we are going through so we need to protect ourselves because this is seductive and deceptive right but it is seductive and it attacks us literally it attacks us it attacks uh, the men among us and it attacks the women among us it is not only about the seduction of uh, the other sex the imagery itself is seductive there is a reason why uh, the drawing of the, the the creation of the copies similitudes of uh, living objects animals and human beings was not allowed or was at least has at least been controversial in the sharia among uh, scholars there's a metaphysical aspect to this and now we are surrounded by that it's almost impossible to escape it we all use telephones and our telephones all have screens and they cannot be used they become uh, dysfunctional if you were to uh, not use aspects of those telephones that require us to connect to the internet and to use those screens so this is a this is a seriously problematic time and we too need to ask this question how are we going to save our hereafter from the attacks of the deceptive and seductive imagery and not only imagery also desires of the present time and those desires again should not be understood only as uh, desires related to sexual appetite it's also uh, appetite for food people were never given so much variety and so much abundance of food in the in the way that we have and i'm one of them we have in uh, developed countries or among the elites of underdeveloped countries yes there are over a billion people who are living under poverty line who are facing uh, you know hunger uh, that there is starvation going on in some communities and societies and in communities in even in uh, developed countries and so on and so forth but this is this needs to be understood in relative terms part of the uh, problem that we are having now is related to the the, the habits that we developed there was a time i mean if you read the stories of the uh, companions of the Prophet وسلم, for instance you see they would eat a few dates and that would be sufficient this is about the way that we have trained or mistrained our bodies we by by eating in wrong ways in ways that are unhealthy and unnatural and uh, that are given into uh, thoughtlessness and just gobbling up whatever is available out there we increase our uh, insulin thresholds which means that we cannot feel satiated with a smaller amount of food whereas amounts of food that is much smaller than that we habitually eat would have been sufficient to keep us healthy and upright it can also be uh, seduction and desires of the comforts of the modern age we are all, all used to cars and in uh, what they call labor-saving machinery 
There was a time when none of this existed. People had to work with their hands and and bodies and had to go down and dig their fingers into the soil. People were able to connect with the creation, the creation of the creator. They were closer to the signs of creation. We have fallen away from that. Obviously, the the labor-saving machinery, the cars, etc., that we, we use, are also creation, right? But there is meaning, and that deceives us to think that these are man-made. There is a. It's again. It's a matter of degrees and relativity, right? We have lost a lot by by building this modern industry. It's cornered us to a corner where we are under the attack of deceptive and seductive imagery and desires and we need to ask how are we going to save our hereafter ben de risale inurun şahsı manevisi namına onlara dedim ki kabir var hiç kimse inkar edemez herkes ister istemez oraya girecek ve oraya girmek için de üç, üç tarzda I told them in the name of the metaphysical personality of the Risale-i Nur. Ayyustadnusi is um, telling us that, you know, they came to me and asked me for a lesson. And, and you know, who am I that to give lesson to, lessons to people but the Risale-i Nur? That's, you know, that's a lesson received from the Quran and it does have the authority to give lessons. I told them in the name of the metaphysical personality of the Risale Inur, the grave exists. Nobody can deny that. Everybody will enter it whether they want to or not. So we need to stop here and think. The grave exists. Did we not know that? Is there anybody out there who can say, oh, I didn't know that the grave exists? No, we all know it, but it is one thing to know it theoretically and it is another thing to feel it to our bones at the given moment. The grave exists. That means our grave exists. That means we will go into it. We will die. We are going to lose touch with this body. We are, we are going to lose control offer this body we are going to be severed from it if we are lucky our corpse is going to be buried under earth and will mix into earth but for some even that is not available some are drowned in the sea some are burned there are many things but regardless Wherever our body goes, we are going to die. The grave exists. Everybody will enter it, whether they want to or not. And to enter, there is no way other than these three types of ways. So how are we going to enter it? We will enter it, but there are differences in the ways that one enters it. In other words, there are differences in the ways that we can perceive what the grave is. Birinci yol. O kabir ehli iman için bu dünyadan daha güzel bir alemin kapısıdır. First way. For the people of faith, that great that grave is the gate of a realm more beautiful than this world. For believers, what do the believers believe in? There is life after death, and in that life, those who believe in God and the prophets, who obey God and live a righteous life in accordance with what the Lord wants us to, to live as, they'll go to paradise. And paradise is incomparably more beautiful than this world. Do you think that this world is beautiful? That it has open skies and blue oceans and beautiful flowers and shaded trees and whatever 
Do you think it's beautiful? The paradise is incomparably more beautiful. This is just the demo. This is just the demo. The real thing is to come. The best is to come, as they say. For the people of faith, that grave is the gate of a realm more beautiful than this world. İkinci yol. Ahireti tasdik eden fakat sefahat ve dalalette gidenlere bir hapsi ebedi ve bütün dostlarından bir tecrid içinde bir hapsi münferit yalnız başına bir hapis kapısıdır. Öyle gördüğü ve itikad ettiği ve inandığı gibi hareket etmediği için öyle muamele görecek. Second way. So what is the second way in which we can think of the grave? How can we how else can we think of the grave? Second way. For those who affirm the hereafter but follow a path of dissipation and misguidance, it is the gravest, an eternal and lonely prison isolated from all friends, it is the gate of sultry imprisonment. Because he sees, has conviction for, and believes as such, but does not act accordingly, he will be treated in this way. So, imagine a person who believes in God, the prophet is a believer who believes in the hereafter too. He knows that death is not the end of of life. There is life after death. And he also knows that we are going to be taken into account about what we do in this world, whether we, we live lives of obedience to God or not. He knows all of that. However, he um cannot bring himself to live accordingly his nafs his lower soul is so powerful that he cannot overcome it he falls into forgetfulness and even heedlessness and then he lives a life of dissipation and misguidance but he still knows that there is life after death and what is the end what where where is he going to go as a result of all of this once it's all over 60 years 70 years if he is living a life of dissipation it's probably going to be shorter the place to go is solitary imprisonment isolation from all friends all that that he loves none none of them will be with him because company is pleasure and comp- that and pleasure is out of mercy of God, and and hell is where God does not turn as the merciful, where the merciful does not turn, does not look. The gaze of the merciful will not touch those on hell in in hell. Yes, the continuation of their existence is still mercy. We can grant that that much. But other than that, there is no pleasure. And company is pleasure. It is an eternal and lonely prison. And the prison, prison is the grave. This person, even before being taken into account, maybe, maybe when he's taken into account, God out of his um, affluence and mercy and generosity is going to forgive him and still send to paradise and maybe he will have an opportunity to meet friends, beloved ones, family and so on and so forth. But the grave is before accounting, before the accounting, right? There is no no uh, hope there until the accounting comes and it's going to be a long time. For those who are righteous, the, the time will pass fast because they'll be enjoying themselves and when we enjoy ourselves time passes fast and they they will be watching observing their their the gardens of paradise from there but for those who are in the grave waiting for the day of judgment especially if their interrogation by the angels of interrogation has not gone well the grave also has torment it's solitary confinement and a and a place of torment that is what they believe that is how they are looking forward to their death and would anybody want to do that if given the choice and is able to to look at the matter in a rational way and make a rational choice would anybody pick that no nobody would pick that but out of our weakness out of our defeat before the desires and demands and dictations of our animalistic souls, our compulsive souls, out of the compulsions of our compulsive souls, we fall. 
we sin we do things that we would otherwise not do and those things take us to may god protect us to the torment of the grave we we seek refuge from the torment of the grave in god's mercy üçüncü yol ahirete inanmayan ehli inkar ve dalalet için bir iadam ebedi kapısı yani hem kendisini hem bütün sevdiklerini iadam edecek bir dar ağacıdır öyle bildiği için cezası olarak aynını görecek bu iki şık bedihidir delil istemiyor göz ile görünür third way a gate of condemnation to eternal non-existence for the people of denial and misguidance who do not believe in the hereafter. A gate of condemnation to eternal non-existence. So how do those who disbelieve see death? If I am here, death is not. If death is here, I am not. This is what the Stoics said. The problem is, Deep inside, we all want to be here forever. We all want to be. We all want to be. And the solution that such a statement, if I am here, death is not. If death is here, I am not. The solution that such a statement offers to us in terms of overcoming our fears of death is a deceptive one. When death actually comes, we all, we all want to not die if if we do not think we do not believe that the life after death is better than the life that we have here permanence is an essential human desire and there is no way to overcome it however for those who do not do not believe in in the hereafter for life after death Death is a gate of condemnation to eternal non-existence. That is a gallows tree that will execute both themselves and their loved ones. So the, the, the real problem here is, yes, when death comes, I am not here, for, you know, a disbeliever may say, but, but there is also separation. There is a separation from the loved ones and loved things. Do you not love? Anybody or anything in this world? Is that possible? Do you have no attachments? We all have attachments. That's human nature. That's an essential quality of the human existence too. The issue is training ourselves so that we direct those attachments to licit things that, that, that take us to God. That we attach our hearts in the name of God, for God. That we love for God and we hate for God. A gate of condemnation to eternal non-existence for the people of denial and misguidance who do not believe in the hereafter. That's what they think and that is therefore what they are facing. When death comes, that is going to be the cold reality that they are going to be looking in the face. That is a gallows tree that will execute both themselves and their loved ones. Since that is what they hold to be true, they will be experiencing exactly as such as a punishment. These two options are self-evident. They do not need evidence. They are visible for all to see. Ustad Nursi says there are three ways and then he says these two options are self-evident. There may be more than one way to understand it, but um, I tend to understand it as the the two options between belief and, and disbelief. For those who believe, the grave is the opening a gate to another life to life after death for those who do not believe death is the gate to non-existence and that's that's clear right if you do not believe in in life after death you are looking forward to non-existence if you believe in life after death you are looking forward to that life these two options are self-evident they do not need evidence they are visible for all to see. Madem ecel gizlidir, her vakit ölüm başını kesmek için gelebiliyor ve genç ihtiyar farkı yoktur. Elbette daima gözü önünde öyle büyük dehşetli bir mesele karşısında biçare insan, o idam ebedi, o dipsiz, nihayetsiz hapsi münferitten kurtulmak çaresini aramak ve kabir kapısını bir alemi bakiye, bir saadeti ebediyeye, ve alemin nura açılan bir kapıya kendi hakkında çevirmek hadisesi o insanın dünya kadar büyük bir meselesidir. 
since the appointed time is hidden. Appointed time is the time that we will we are destined to die. And we don't know. Nobody knows when he or she will die. Until until the time actually comes. And there are people that you when we think that, that they are they are dead, sometimes this doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes it happens. They think somebody is dead, they bury the person, and then it turns out that the person was not dead. And what is even more frequent is that we think people are alive. They are full of life, walking around, running, doing things, engaging in projects and building and planning. And then all of a sudden we hear there was a traffic accident and the person died. The appointed time is hidden. The appointed time of death is hidden. Death can come any time to sever your head. And it does not differentiate between young and old. Sever your head, meaning to sever your soul, your spirit from your body and render your body irrelevant to your existence. There will be other bodies that God will give to us, inshallah. That's different. Right? There is resurrection, and resurrection is bodily resurrection. But at the moment of death in this world, the spirit is severed from the body. The, the body becomes irrelevant. And death does not differentiate between young and old in, in when, when it comes, when the time comes. It can come to the young, it can come to the old. And again, this is a common human deception. Some say, okay, now I'm young, I'm going to live my life and enjoy myself. And, you know, when I'm not able to enjoy this life as much any longer, I feel like I need to calm down. I'm going to become pious and start worshiping and turn to God. Maybe, maybe that's, that's what you will do. Maybe God, out of his generosity and outpouring mercy will enable you to do that will give you the time to do it an opportunity to do it but how do you know maybe you don't have that much time maybe you will die tomorrow that is a deception thinking that we all have let's say 70 years of life to look forward to that is a deception death come can come at age 3 or 10 or 15, or 50, or 70, and for some it can come after 100. It doesn't matter. What matters is that it is certain to come, and we do not know when it is going to come, and therefore we have to be prepared for it at any time. Since the appointed time is hidden, since death can come any time to sever your head, and it does not differentiate between young and old, of course, for the helpless man standing with such a great and dreadful matter before his eyes at all times, searching for a way of salvation from that eternal condemnation to non-existence, from that bottomless and endless solitary imprisonment and converting the gates of the grave into an everlasting realm, eternal felicity, and a gate opening to a realm of light for himself, is a matter for that man as great as the world itself. So for each and every individual, whether the person is a believer or disbeliever or a believer but a sinning person, a sinful believer, does not matter. For all of them, for all of them, that is a great matter bigger than the world. If a disbeliever, it is the gate to non-existence and it's a great matter. If it is a believer who is sinning, it is the gate to to solitary confinement and imprisonment and torment. That is a great affair. If it is a believer, it is the gate to eternal felicity and earning it is a great affair. Escaping non-existence, escaping solitary confinement and torment, and and and earning, not earning, but uh, and being given the opportunity to partake in that eternal bliss and felicity. These are great matters. Death is a great matter. It is not something to forget about, be heedless about, to disregard, to push behind. That is another sickness that we have in the society, in the age that we live. We think of 
death as a taboo. We don't like to talk about it. We need to talk about death. We need to think about death. Death has to be present in our lives at all times because it is present. If we imagine that it is not present, we are just deceiving ourselves. And we should live in reality. We should not live in deception. Because whether we live in reality or deception, it is reality that prevails and decides the outcome. Bu kat iyi hakikat. Bu üç yol ile bulunduğuna, bulunduğunda ve bu üç yolunda meskur üç hakikat ile olacağını ihbar eden 124 bin muhbiri sadık, ellerinde nişane itasdik olan mucizeler bulunan enbiyalar ve o enbiyaların haber verdikleri aynı haberleri keşf ve zevk ve şuhud ile tasdik eden ve imza basan 124 milyon evliyanın aynı hakikate şehadetleri ve hattı hesaba gelmeyen muhakkiklerin kat'i delilleriyle o enbiya ve evliyanın verdikleri aynı haberleri aklen ilmel yakin derecesinde onlardan birisi Risale-i Nur'dur meydandadır. İlmel yakin derecesinde ve o muhakkiklerden birisi Risale-i Nur'dur meydandadır. İlmel yakin derecesinde ispat ettikleri ve %99 ihtimali katiyle idam ve zindan ebediden kurtulmak ve o yolu saadet-i ebediyeye çevirmek yalnız iman ve itaat iledir diye ittifaken haber veriyorlar. 124,000 veracious reporters, which of course refers to uh, the prophets. 124,000 veracious reporters are reporting that this definitive reality exists in these three ways and that these three ways are real. Prophets with miracles as their marks of confirmation in their hands. The testimony of 124 million saints who confirm based on their unveilings, tastings and witnessings and sign their names under the same report that those prophets are reporting, and of innumerable Gnostics, and one among them is the Risale-i Nur, it is therefore all to see, innumerable Gnostics who prove with their definitive proofs rationally at the level of the knowledge of certainty the same report that those prophets and saints are conveying. They all report with agreement that with a definitive possibility of 99% salvation from eternal condemnation to non-existence and the dungeon and directing that path toward eternal felicity is only with faith and obedience. So the prophets and according to a narration there were 124,000 prophets that corresponds to the number of the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and in uh, in relation to those 124,000 prophets, there there are a thousand uh, saints for each prophet and 124 million saints. It may be slightly more, it may be slightly less. What we understand from this is that there are thousands and thousands of prophets and millions and millions of saints, God's friends. And to to add on top of it, there are innumerable number of Gnostics, Mahakkakin, people who have realized reality. Right? People who have realized reality as reality is. They all together, either with depending on their miracles, which are confirmations of their voraciousness and the, the truth of their message or depending on their tastings unveilings depending on the access that god has given to them beyond this physical physical substantive reality their their ability to see the reality of things or depending on the rational proofs their arguments and their logical conclusions Right? They all agree, all of them agree that that this is the reality. That death exists and there is life after death and there is accounting and we are destined to go one way or another as a result of that accounting.
with a definitive possibility of 99%, salvation from eternal condemnation to non-existence, and dungeon, that is, what the disbeliever thinks he or she is going to, and what the sinner knows that what he is or she is going to. Salvation from that and opening the gate of eternal felicity is only with what? Faith and obedience. Faith in God, faith in angels, faith in books, faith in prophets, faith in good and bad, evil and good and evil comes from God and there is predetermination and there is life after death. Belief in what God's, God wants us to believe in so that we can live our lives as witnesses to reality because that is reality and that's only possible with faith and obedience with faith yes the the the gate of uh, condemnation to eternal non-existence the gallow tree of condemnation to eternal non-existence is removed but the prison is not removed we want to escape both uh, non-existence and imprisonment Acaba yüzde bir ihtimali helaket bulunan bir tehlike yolunda gitmemek için bir tek muhbirin sözü nazara alınsa ve onun sözünü dinlemeyip o yolda giden adamın endişeyi helaketten gelen elemi manevi onun yemek iştihasını kaçırdığı halde böyle yüz binler sadık ve musaddak muhbirlerin yüzde yüz ihtimaliyle dalalet ve sefahet göz önündeki kabir daracına ve ebedi hapsimin feridine kat'i sebep olduğunu ve iman, ubudiyet, yüzde yüz ihtimal ile o dara ağacını kaldırıp, o hapsimin feridi kapatıp, şu göz önündeki kabri bir hazine-i ebediyeye, bir saray-i saadete açılan bir kapıya çeviriyor diye ihbar eden ve emarelerini ve asarlarını gösterdikleri halde, bu acip ve garip ve dehşetli ve azametli mesele karşısında bulunan bir çare insan ve bahusus Müslüman, eğer iman ve ubudiyeti olmazsa, bütün dünya saltanatı ve lezzeti bir tek insana verilse, acaba o göz önündeki her vakit oraya çağrılmasına nöbetini bekleyen bir insana verdiği o endişeden gelen elim elemi kaldırabilir mi? Sizden soruyorum. One wonders, while the words of one reporter are taken into consideration to avoid a dangerous path. Right, imagine you are traveling. Uh, perhaps you are uh, you know walking taking a stroll in the forest or something and then uh, there are two three paths on the way that you can take and there you know somebody else is coming from the other side and that person tells you don't take this path i heard or i saw that there's a danger on it there's a lion there or there are snakes there don't go there right what do you do do you do you just take that path no matter what no Even though it is just one reporter, even though perhaps you just saw this person and you do not know if this is a voracious person or not, even though this, even though that, since there are you know two options, three options, and they're all fine, you take the other one, right? While the words of one reporter are taken into consideration to avoid a dangerous path that contains the possibility of destruction. And a person who does not heed the reporter's words and proceeds on that path loses the appetite to eat because of the metaphysical pains of the worry of destruction. Even, even if the destruction does not come on the way, right? Because this is just one reporter, maybe he is not voracious, maybe there is no uh, destruction, danger uh, waiting for the traveler on the path, but even though, even if that is the case, the traveler does not know it, therefore the traveler worries, and that worry itself is a metaphysical pain and, and, and, and horrible. That's a pain in itself, that's destruction in itself. And while hundreds of thousands of such voracious and verified reporters both report and show signs and indications that with a hundred percent possibility. Now in the first case, we were in the forest, there we saw just one reporter, we don't know if this person is voracious or not, but what about you receive the news, you, you receive a report from hundreds of thousands of reporters that you know are each voracious, and they not only 
report about this, but also show the signs and indications of what they say is on the path. If this is the case, right? They they show signs and indications that with a hundred percent possibility, misguidance and dissipation are definite causes of ending up on the gallows tree of the grave that is before our eyes, and the grave is before our eyes, right? And it is a gallows tree, and in eternal solitary imprisonment, it's it's gallows tree or eternal solitary imprisonment, depending on where a person stands, and that with a hundred percent possibility. Faith and worshipful slavehood remove that gallows tree, close the solitary prison, and convert this grave that is before our eyes into the gates of an eternal treasury and a palace of felicity. So this is not one reporter, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of reporters. They are both reporting and showing that, right, it is faith and worshipful slavehood that turns this gallows tree uh, into, that removes this gallows tree and turns this solitary confinement into eternal felicity. 100%. We know. We know 100% that that is the case. Now, one wonders why this is the case. Can a helpless person, and especially a Muslim, if that person does not have faith and worship, standing before this amazing, strange, dreadful, and tremendous matter before the eyes, can that person carry the painful pain arising from the worry of waiting his turn to be called over there? Right? The person who heard the report of one reporter in the forest for some reason, having taken the destructive path or the path that is reported to be dangerous and destructive out of the fear and worry of that that perceivably imminent destruction loses appetite to eat. How about the person who, having heard from hundreds of thousands of voracious and verified reporters that if you don't believe and if you don't have worship, you are heading to, to trouble and destruction. How can such a person carry the painful pain arising from the worry of waiting his turn to be called over there to the grave? How come? How is that possible? The mind cannot process it. But look around. Look around and everybody appears to be carrying it. How? They are not carrying it. They are just forgetting it. Their souls inside, the spirits inside are crushed. But even if you have enormous pain in, your, in a part of your body, if you are using the appropriate narcotics, appropriate painkiller you can desensitize yourself they are desensitized that's only that's the only way that's the only way it can happen madem ihtiyarlık hastalık musibet ve her tarafta vefiyatlar o dehşetli elemi deşiyorlar ve ihtar ediyorlar elbette o ehli dalalet ve sefahet yüz bin lezzeti ve zevki alsa da Yine o manevi bir cehennem kalbinde yaşar ve yakar. Fakat pek kalın gaflet sersemliği muhakkaten hissettirmez. Now the issue is, since old age, sickness, calamities and death everywhere bring about that dreadful pain and remind about it. Right? Even though you may want to forget and you may find ways to desensitize yourself, you are living in a world where old age and its tribulations, sickness and its tribulations, calamities and death everywhere exist. They exist. Of course, even if those people of misguidance and dissipation are enjoying a hundred thousand delights and pleasures, a metaphysical hell will still live in their hearts and burn 
Yet, a thick stupor of heedlessness prevents its perception temporarily. That's the thing. It cannot prevent its perception forever. It can only do so temporarily until the point when that person looks death in the face. Perhaps does not die, but has, let's say, a, a um, very bad sickness, has cancer, and survives it. But when, after having survived, this person has looked death in the face. But then he may desensitize himself back, right? The thing is, eventually death actually comes. Actually comes, and even if this person has lived a life of forgetfulness, stupor and desensitization and heedlessness and so on and so forth, all that weight, all that burning that has accumulated in the in the heart will all of a sudden all of a sudden descend on that person and its weight will be tremendous unbearable nobody can bear that weight it is a punishment in this world while the person lives if the person has not desensitized his perceptive capacities it is a punishment and terrible pain to come to descend on the person at the moment just before death and and it is as bad as having lived a life of slowly slowly being exposed to that it is not better. It is as bad, if not worse. And and furthermore, that is not going to be a salvation from that pain for this person either. From that on, that person will be looking at the destruction that he or she has brought to his or her life in the however many years he or she has lived in this world. He'll be looking at it at the face in the grave. Madem ehli iman ve taat, göz önünde gördüğü kabri, bir hazine-i ebediyeye, bir saadet-i layezaliye, kendisi hakkında bir kapı olduğunu ve o ezeli mukadderat piyangosundan milyarlar altın ve elmasları kazandıracak bir bilet dahi iman vesikasıyla ona çıkmış, her vakit gel biletini al, diye beklemesinden derin, esaslı, hakiki lezzet ve zevki manevi öyle bir lezzettir ki, eğer tecessüm etse ve o çekirdek bir ağaç olsa, o adama hususi bir cenneti hükmüne geçtiği halde, o zevk ve lezzeti azimeyi terk edip, gençlik saykasıyla, o hadsiz elemler ile, alude, zehirli bir bela, bala benzeyen sefihane ve heveskarane, muvakkat bir lezzeti gayrimeşruya ihtiyar eden, Hayvandan yüz derece aşağı düşer. Since for the people of faith and worshipful exertion that grave before the eyes is the gate to an eternal treasury and unending bliss, and since with the certificate of faith they have won a ticket that will earn them billions of gold and diamonds in the lottery of pre-eternal determinations, since that is the case, the profound, substantive, and true delight and metaphysical pleasure of waiting to be called, come, take your ticket, at any moment, is such a delight that, if it materialized, and if that seed became a tree, it would become a private paradise for those people. So this is the other side. For the one who sees death as the, as the gate, who sees the grave as the gate to eternal felicity right waiting to be called to it there is pleasure in and of itself there is pleasure in that eternal felicity that's paradise and there is a seed of the, the tree of paradise in the heart here and now 
if it materialized and if that seed became a tree, it would become a private paradise for those people. On the other hand, one who forsakes that tremendous pleasure and delight as a result of the temptations of youth and chooses instead a temporary and illicit delight of dissipation and desire. Remember, it was young men who came to Stad Nursi and who were asking him, how can we save our hereafter? It is like most of us who believe in the hereafter, who want to save our hereafter, but at the same time we feel weak before the attacks of those seductive and deceptive lures of the modern world. One who forsakes that tremendous pleasure and delight as a result of the temptations of youth and chooses instead a temporary and illicit delight of dissipation and desire, which is like a poisonous honey containing innumerable pains, then falls a hundred times beneath animals. That person falls a hundred times beneath animals. Because, yes, the animals are living animalistic lives, and that's fine, because that is what they're supposed to be doing. But how about us? We are given intellect, we are shown the path, we are given the opportunity to earn that eternal felicity, we are tasked with the task of deciding, and then we choose, we choose the path of dissipation. Then we fall beneath animals. Animals are not doing it out of choice. They are doing it because that is what they are supposed to do. They are, they are fulfilling their duties. They are, they are perfect. But if we do it, we will be doing it out of choice while the right choice was something else. Then we fall. May God protect us from that. We fall even beneath animals. Ejnebi dinsizleri gibi de olamaz. So this person cannot be like the uh, irreligious people of Europe either. And of course, this is a, a, a statement that needs to be understood in its proper context too. People of Europe, right? The Ottoman, uh, average Ottoman subject, average Muslim Ottoman subject, learned about Europe through the mediation of those who attended westernized educational institutions and who looked up to the materialist, scientist, and irreligious uh, currents and circles of Europe as the, the, the path to follow. So, when Ustad Nursi refers to irreligious people of Europe, he's not referring to all Europeans. He's referring to particular Europeans who chose the path of irreligiosity and materialism and scientism and followed this as an ideology and philosophy and who influenced those Ottoman subjects, those Ottoman elites who attended westernized institutions of education in the Ottoman Empire and then became the ruling elite of the Republic of Turkey. Right. So this is not a statement about Europe and Europeans. This is a statement about particular Europeans. Those irreligious Europeans and a, a Muslim who chooses this path of dissipation and sin, Ustad Nursi says, cannot be like the irreligious people of Europe either. Çünkü onlar peygamberi inkar etseler, yani bizim peygamberimizi inkar etseler, değerlerini tanıyabilirler. Peygamberleri bilmeseler de Allah'ı tanıyabilirler. Allah'ı bilmeseler de kemalata medar olacak bazı güzel hasletler bulunabilir. Fakat bir Müslüman hem Enbiya'yı, hem Rabbini, hem bütün kemalatı Muhammed-i Arabi aleyhissalatu vesselam vasıtasıyla biliyor. Onun terbiyesini bırakan ve zincirden çıkan daha hiçbir peygamberi tanımaz ve Allah'ı da tanımaz. This is because if they deny the Prophet, they can recognize the other ones. If they deny the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they can recognize other ones. If they do not know the Prophets, 
they can still recognize God. If they do not know God, there can still be some beautiful qualities that will bring about perfection. Yet, a Muslim knows the prophets, his Lord, and all perfections through Muhammad the Arabian. Blessings and peace be upon him. The one who leaves his teachings and breaks out of his chain cannot recognize any other prophet and cannot know God either. Onun terbiyesini bırakan ve zincirinden çıkan daha hiçbir peygamberi aleyhisselam tanımaz ve Allah'ı da tanımaz. Ve ruhunda kemalatı muhafaza edecek hiçbir esasatı bilemez. Çünkü peygamberlerin en ahiri ve en büyükleri ve dini ve daveti umum nev-i beşere baktığı için ve mucizatça ve dince umuma faik ve bütün nev-i beşere bütün hakaikte üstadlık edip 14 asırda parlak bir surette ispat eden ve nev-i beşerin medarı iftiharı bir zatın terbiyeyi esasiyelerini ve usulü dinini terk eden elbette hiçbir cihette bir nur, bir kemal bulamaz. Sukutu mutlaka mahkumdur. The one who leaves his teachings and breaks out of his chain cannot recognize any other prophet, peace be upon them, and cannot know God either. He cannot recognize any principles to preserve perfections in his spirit either. Because one who forsakes the essential teachings and the principles of the religion of the last and greatest of the prophets, whose religion and invitation address the entire humanity, who has preeminence over all others in terms of miracles and religion, who is a teacher for the entire humanity with regard to the, to all truths, and who has proven them brilliantly for 14 centuries, and who is a source of pride for the humankind, the one who leaves him, the one who forsakes the essential teachings and religion of that person, of course, that person cannot find any light and any perfection anywhere. He is condemned to absolute fall. İşte hayat-ı dünyeviyenin zevkine müptela ve endişe istikbal ile istikbalini ve hayatını temin için çabalayan bir çareler. Yes. O oh, the helpless ones who are addicted to the pleasures of worldly life and are struggling to secure their future and livelihood while afflicted with the worries of future. Dünyanın lezzetini, zevkini, saadetini, rahatını isterseniz, meşru dairedeki keyfe iktifa ediniz. O keyfinize kafidir. Haricinde ve gayrimeşru dairedeki bir lezzetin içinde bin elem olduğunu sabık beyanatta elbette anladınız. Eğer mazi, yani geçmiş zamanın hadisatını sinema ile hali hazırda gösterdikleri gibi, İstikbaldeki ahval dahi mesela 50 sene sonraki halleri bir sinema ile gösterilseydi, ehli sefahet şimdiki güldüklerine yüz binlerce nefrin ve nefret edip ağlayacaktılar. Dünya ve ahirette ebedi ve daimi sürur isteyen iman, iman dairesindeki terbiye-i Muhammediye'yi aleyhissalatü vesselam kendine rehber etmek gerektir. Once again, yes, all the helpless ones who are addicted to the pleasures of worldly life and are struggling to secure their future and livelihood, we are, we all, all, of all, all humanity, while afflicted with the worries of the future. If you want the delight, pleasure, felicity and comfort of the world, make do with the leisure within the circle of that which is licit, that is sufficient for your leisure. You have of course understood from the previous elucidations that a thousand pains are contained in, in a delight, in one delight that is outside of that circle. Oh, the helpless ones who are addicted to the pleasures of worldly life and are struggling to secure their future and livelihood while afflicted with the worries of future. Dünyanın lezzetini, zevkini, saadetini, rahatını isterseniz, meşru dairedeki keyfe iktifa ediniz. O keyfinize kafidir. Haricinde ve gayri meşru dairedeki bir lezzetin içinde bin elem olduğunu sabık beyanatta elbette anladınız. Eğer mazi, yani geçmiş zamanın hadisatını sinema ile hali hazırda gösterdikleri gibi, istikbaldeki ahval dahi mesela 50 sene sonraki halleri bir sinema ile gösterilseydi, 
Ehli sefahet şimdiki güldüklerine yüz binlerce nefrin ve nefret edip ağlayacaktılar. Dünya ve ahirette ebedi ve daimi sürur isteyen iman, iman dairesindeki terbiye-i Muhammediye'yi aleyhissalatü vesselam kendine rehber etmek gerektir. Once again, yes, all the helpless ones who are addicted to the pleasures of worldly life and are struggling to secure their future and livelihood. We are, we all, all, of all, all humanity while afflicted with the worries of the future. If you want the delight, pleasure, felicity and comfort of the world, make do with the leisure within the circle of that which is licit. That is sufficient for your leisure. You have of course understood from the previous elucidations that a thousand pains are contained in, in a delight, in one delight that is outside of that circle outside of the circle of that which is licit and in the circle of that which is illicit. If the states of the future, let's say 50 years from now, were shown in a movie in the way that the past, that is the events of the past times are shown, the people of dissipation would hate their present laughing a hundred thousand times and cry. It is incumbent upon the one who wants eternal and continual bliss in this world and the hereafter to accept the Muhammadan teachings, peace be upon him. If you want, if you want these, the, the pleasures of worldly life, if you want the pleasures of this life, now listen, listen to this. You can have it. You can have the delight, the pleasure, the felicity and comfort of the world, but as long as you stay in the circle of that which is licit, it is incumbent upon the one who wants eternal and continual bliss on top of that in this world and hereafter it is incumbent upon that person to accept the muhammadan teachings the teachings of the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam alhamdulillah uh, inshallah we will continue with other uh, parts of the second station of the 13th world سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم وآخر الدعوة من الحمد لله رب العالمين الفاتحة